0: Welcome to Innovation Illuminated, a podcast where guest entrepreneurs and experts in the field of business share their experiences and knowledge learned through their journey in the business world. I am your host, Hunter Pirock, and similar to these guests, I am also an entrepreneur. Today's guest is Chad Baker. Chad is the owner of Lakeside Dock and Lift, along with the owner of Surf Wisconsin. Lakeside Dock and Lift is a business that specializes in dock and lift sales for a lake, so the dock that you walk out on, and then the lift to put your boat on. They also do installs for dock, docks and lifts. Chad acquired this business, so he bought it out in 2021, and has expanded it into multiple locations. We talk about the process of buying smaller locations, and growing them into a great successful business. Surf Wisconsin is a business that is a wake surf lessons service. I also own a wake surf lessons business, so it's interesting to listen to me and Chad chatted up about our passion for the service business. About halfway through the podcast, we have someone come knocking on the door that is interested in buying a boat that one of us has in inventory. It's super funny and what are the odds that somebody comes in and asks for a boat that one of us actually has? So you can listen to this. I kept it in and I think it's super fun to keep in. We're coming to you from Chad's office since it's probably 15 degrees in northern Wisconsin right now, so we are unable to film on a boat or a dock like I would like to. But we're in his office, which is very warm and cozy compared to what it is outside right now. I hope you guys enjoy this one, and thanks for tuning in to Innovation Illuminated. All right, we'll start. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks this for This is exciting. Uh, thanks for having me. And I wish that we could do... It on a Mastercraft. That would have been fun. Or at the lake. How fun would that have been on a Not dock or something? floating on the dock. Yeah, yeah. but our Same. businesses are summer and it's what, 20 degrees outside? It is. Uh,
1: I don't even know if it's 20 degrees actually, is it? It's pretty cold. It's and crappy. Really, so.
0: Especially with the wind chill. Well, yep. let's start out, Um, I like to start out with all the guests, with um talking about some jobs that they had growing up. Sure. Maybe like a first job or experiences that you had uh, with like early on jobs.
1: Yeah, yeah. early on jobs. Uh, my first job was uh, being a business owner actually, I started a lawn care business at Probably no the, way the ripe age of 12 really uh, just helping some people in the neighborhood and charging 20 bucks a, a time and mowing grass and it was uh, it was kind of a funny the funny thing I guess in that I learned a lot about you know price increases and cost to doing business and all of that stuff uh, at a very young age I was lucky my my dad had been a business owner um, since I was a kid so uh, I kind of just fell into it and and did that. Uh, the grass mowing continued into high school. I was in, uh, I was a golfer, and uh, so I ended up working at a bunch of different golf courses throughout my high school and college career. Um, that was my primary job in the winter. Um, I think I worked at Menards for a couple winters. Okay. Uh, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a huge fan of the yeah. big box life, but um, yeah, so it was fun. It was uh, the golf business was was something that I was uh, passionate about. It was fun to get up and go to work and and be on a golf course. So it was a cool job.
0: So did you start out with a lawn wing? How many clients would you say you had? You, did you just do? Lawn I think lawn? at my
1: peak I had three clients. Okay. So it was, not, it was, a, so it was just a small start. <laughs> it was a super small start. Like, okay. Yeah. And you already had all the gear and stuff, so you didn't have I to just buy anything. I used my parents' mower, my parents' gas, and uh, yeah. So it was. I was twelve years old. So yeah. So,
0: so same great. thing as I started out. Pretty much, I did the same thing. I had the gear. Yeah. Uh, we had it all, and I just did the the neighborhood at first, exactly. and then I expanded to do a little bit
1: more. Oh, did you?
0: Yeah. So right now I got like. I don't know, maybe like 15 weekly cuts or something oh, nice. that I do. So Cool. yeah, I expanded a little bit. So uh, what'd your dad
1: do for business? Um, so he was a carpenter by trade. And in 1983, when I was five years old, they built a bowling alley, actually a bar and bowling alley in Waukesha. And, um, so they ran that, uh, from 1983 to 1991, they sold it. And then he actually started his own construction company. And, okay. um, so he was a, a general contractor. He built uh, pretty big houses and, uh, did a good job so
0: oh that's awesome yeah all right let's segue into how you got into water sports did you grow up doing water sports too I did
1: we had a lake home um, when I was a kid uh, starting at uh, probably two years old I think we bought our first lake home so uh, being on the water in the water was was always just kind of part of the deal my mom was a teacher um, so we would go to the lake literally for the summer it was about two hours away from home okay we we would kind of head up there and spend you know weeks at a time at the lake which was awesome um and it started with you know knee boarding and skiing and tubing and all the typical stuff and then as you get older and the and the skiing kind of started to diminish um it was 2007 uh, a buddy of mine who's a boat salesman in the area called and said hey we're what are you doing tonight we're going surfing you want to go and i'm like what are you talking about like what is this yeah and he's like we have beer on the boat just come so <laughs> i ended up uh riding along he had a a shamrock pilot house boat that was an inboard um and Mm. it's we have a picture on our instagram uh of the actual first surf really okay but it's super cool it's a little it looked like a little tugboat and um they would put a ballast bag in the corner and and uh we were surfing in 2007 really and um it was just one of those things that since then i mean and it was looking back 2007 there wasn't a lot of um there was basically nobody else doing it. Right. Um in 2011s when it really kicked it off. Was, it feel. was early, you know, there was no surf systems in the boats. There was nothing. It was just uh it was just us uh kind of screwing around. So it's hard to find boards and and all of that stuff, but it, as as technology caught up and as the boat manufacturers caught up, it, it took off. And then in 2000 winter of 2015-16 um kind of made the decision that there was probably an opportunity to get more people involved. It was something we had done. You know, I, we, we don't know how many hundreds of people we've taught over the years through just friends and family and yeah. random people that it was like, Hey, I think there's an opportunity and obviously living in Monaco, there's, you know, an abundant amount of water resources. So uh, we dove in, we made a deal with Stengel Marine. We bought our first Mastercraft in 2016. It was a, a new X-10 that we ordered and it was our boat, my personal boat, I guess, uh, kind of ish kept it at my house and, uh, yeah. and then took people out and we grew every year and we just finished, uh, 2023 was, was an awesome year. We're up to two boats now. Heck yeah. And, uh, so it's, it's super fun to just see the growth of the business.
0: Yeah, totally. So the first boat was for business use. That, that was the intent. It that wasn't was the just intent. for personal. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
1: But it was, it was my personal boat too. So it stayed at my house. We'd go for boat rides and we, our daughter learned how to ski behind that boat, but it was the, it was the primary, uh, yeah. Uh, so lesson did, boat as well.
0: Okay. Interesting. Did you get into like, well, you said you got to deal with Stengel right away.
1: Did you yep. go deal with the board companies right away too? We, uh, we met the, the crew from Jack Pine. Okay. Uh, almost right away. It was our first summer. Um, Andrew and Jenny are, um, based in Wisconsin, hand making, uh, hand shaping surfboards. Yeah. So and sweet. we, we connected, I don't even remember actually how we connected, but we connected almost right away. So by year two, um, we had a deal in place with those guys that we had some boards on the boat. Um, and then Stangle Marine helped out tremendously with Conley. Uh, so our two board companies right now are Conley and, and Jack Pine. Yeah. And, um, it's awesome. They're both, they're both really great companies to work with, very generous. Um, and we look forward to kind of helping them sell some more stuff. So it
0: yeah. good. And then also working with Mastercraft too. I know you said that you grew to two boats. What was like the turning point where you said that you guys like have to get two boats because the business was just growing so much that you couldn't yeah 2022
1: was really a a turning point for us in our business it grew um and the hours on the boat the big issue was the first x10 we had for 2016 and 2017 um and i think that boat had uh, over 400 hours on it after two seasons and that was a lot of it me just personally using the boat too 2018 we had a an xt23 2019 we ended up with the next 22 and then it was a, like a one year turn trying to keep the hours manageable um 2022 that boat had uh, i think it was over 300 hours in one season yeah and that was 99% surf lessons it wasn't there wasn't a lot of personal use or personal uh-huh. time to use it and when you look at the diminished value and when you look at only inboards or any other market You can find year old boats with, you know, six hours, 10 hours, 40 hours. And here we're trying to sell one with 300 hours. And people are like, whoa, like what's going on? Mm -hmm. So we, we looked into, you know, we talked to Mastercraft and Stengel got the approval for two boats and 2023 was amazing because we had two boats that were ordered by customers, spec their specifications, their colors, their options, everything. Um, We take a deposit. We buy the boat, we use the boat, we sell the boat at the end of the season. And I think both of those boats only had 150 hours or less. Oh, wow. So okay. then it's it's more in line with what a customer would, you know, what, what an average person would see. Yeah. Um, and obviously with that comes the benefit of profiting from selling two boats. So it, yeah. it, it, everybody wins. The, the customers uh, that bought those boats, one is uh, staying in Wisconsin, one's headed to Montana. Uh, both of those guys you know, probably saved somewhere in the neighborhood of about a hundred thousand off a sticker. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so it's it's great for them. They're getting a basically a brand new boat, mid condition, full warranty, transfer, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, and were those guys customers? Um they were
1: um no, neither one of those guys really? were customers. Okay. Um we uh one was a friend of my business partner Mike's and um one was a a friend of actually Bill Stengels. Okay. Like, who owns gotcha. the dealership. So he he bought our 2021 boat. Um he was in town from Montana and the boat was at at Stangle getting an oil change. And um he's like, Yeah, it's a pretty cool boat. And they like <laughs> we could maybe sell it to you. Yeah. Uh so he bought the 2021 and now he's uh custom ordered a 2024. Oh really? Um, yeah, so the twenty long story, but the they had a couple of partners in that 2021 boat they are splitting up and mm, they each okay. gonna have their own boat. So the 2023 uh, one of the 2023 boats is going to Montana and one of the 2024 boats will be going to Montana as well. So,
0: gotcha. Very interesting. That's far away too. It is. I feel like, huh? It's not right down the street. Yeah, no, totally. Let's talk about a little bit of like the growth over the years of the business. Yep. So you talked about getting the two boats and whatnot. What was like the steady rate of like customers? Was it growing every year? Like repeat customers coming back?
1: Repeats were huge. Okay. Um, I would say if you look back 2016, we probably did 15 lessons at, at it was minimal. Yeah. 2017, we were probably up to like 30 lessons. And of the 15 we did the year before, probably 10 of them came back again. And it just kept growing like that tons of repeat customers. And to me, as a business owner, that is like the ultimate sign of success that somebody had so much fun with you once that they decided to come back and do it again. It's it's the one and done. Maybe there's extenuating circumstances on why they didn't come back. Vacation or whatever. They didn't make yeah. it back to Monaco, whatever. Um, but it, when they come back, it's super cool because number one, you get to know them when you're on the boat with them. Yeah. You get to learn about them, you see them again, what's new, the kids are bigger, like it's just it's super cool. And um and and we have customers we work with every year and you feel like they're part of the family actually, and as as kind of cheesy as that sounds it's real yeah and it's it's awesome so that's that is very rewarding for us to see the same people year after year
0: yeah i feel how fun that is i have a few people that come out like every year because they come in from vacation for california or whatever and it's so fun to see them and catch up and it's like oh, this one just turned five this year. We're going to try surfing Exactly. Because last year they were like, oh, we just want a tube. And now, yeah. like, the kid actually wants to surf, which yeah. is
1: sweet. Yeah, when you get the, the little ones, and we do a lot of uh, two-up, you know, we'll, we'll put an yeah. instructor in the water with the really little kids. And it's been fun to watch the really little kids grow up to the point that they're they're able to do yeah. it themselves. That's super cool.
0: And I, don't, I I own a business that does the same thing, so I um kind of, like, know the gauge of how quick people can learn. Can you explain, like, how fast
1: you can get someone up in? Uh, we've... <laughs> we've seen a wide variety of uh, skill levels. Mm-hmm. Um, some people literally get it on their first try. Isn't that and crazy? We've had people with no, even no water sports experience. You know, we go through our process as we're idling out to our, kind of our surf area. Um, drivers driving the boat, filling the boat up. Instructors running through everything. Here's where we want your feet to start. All of this stuff. Um, and we've had people... Um, throw the rope on the first ride i mean it's It's it it, it hurts your feelings a little bit because it wasn't it wasn't like that for me and it wasn't like that for a lot of our other customers and then you just get people that are ultra gifted and just literally just grab it right away um the one thing that i will say we've struggled with is actually like ocean surfers we actually have more challenges with them because Mm. it is similar but different um and for whatever reason they don't seem to have a ton of like toad water sports experience so the actually getting up part is has been a struggle so when somebody yeah. gets on the boat and they say uh, i know how to surf in the ocean it's it, historically that would be a positive yeah uh, or you'd think that would be a positive and it actually is like oh boy like yeah it, for whatever reason and and then they get up and they're just trying to do too much stuff and I, I think they see the size of the wave and maybe don't understand how much push these waves actually do have mm-hmm. that they're pumping and slashing and trying to like just settle down. You could literally just stand there yeah. and ride. And, uh, so it's, it's kind of fun to yeah, kind of, kind of walk through those people. And we've had, I'll bet you over the years, we've had probably 15 to 20 people who are ocean surfers. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been fun to see the progression. And- yeah.
0: I'd say I probably had like five or so. And yeah, I see the same thing. They try to pump into stuff a ton. Yeah. And they really like, what I've really noticed is they want fins, yeah like they can't stand the skim boards like the little fins <laughs> yeah, they're like exactly. slipping all over the place because they're used to like a four inch or like mm-hmm. one of them was saying like a six or ten inch fin on a board and i was like yeah. dude you can't maneuver that at all no it's uh, like you need no fin or like a little fin to have some a, fun here it's I a feel different, like. different
1: world so yeah it's
0: no I, it's completely different but it's fun to see like a correlation to once they do get used to it and how they like to slash and stuff some of them That i've had out don't even like to let go of the rope they just want to slash
1: the best uh one of the best surfers i've ever seen was an ocean surfer so i don't want to lump every ocean surfer into the struggle category (laughs) but um this guy was uh he was amazing he his wipeouts were like just fun to watch but he um he he'd start drifting back and instead of um you know typical ways to to catch up to the boat like he got so far back that he would actually flop down paddle back in really and hop up yeah I made a video on our facebook no way how big of a board does he on sick uh like he had a hand, he actually hand shaped a wood um he had his own handmade wood board that he oh, like wow. built in his garage or, or whatever. whatever what And so he brought it uh, up yeah he brought it <laughs> up <laughs> he lived in wausau he was a doctor doing some residency stuff and oh interesting he would come up and hang out with us and um so we, uh, we drove by him he paddled in and, and popped up um, no but, way but he would start drifting back he literally flop down paddle back in hop up how crazy is that and man? it was uh, it was amazing to watch so. that is so fun it was, yeah uh, it was cool
0: yeah so. the variability like you get the kids the moms the grandpas everybody can do it which is it's, so fun
1: it's uh, we've had three generations on the boat at once we had grandpa you know his kids and then the grandchildren yeah um, so there's not a lot of other sports maybe golf. Uh, pickleball now, I suppose, where three generations of, of family members can do it at once, mm-hmm. um, and that's I guess one of the really, I think it's why the sport took off. You know, you look back to two thousand seven, and people that were buying wakeboard boats at the time were buying it for their kids. Well, now mom and dad, the check writer, can enjoy the boat too. Right? Why? You know, maybe mom and dad grew up skiing. You you get a little bit older takes a little more to recover. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, obviously that all of those things, the low speed, low impact of surfing really um it opened it up to I mean, we've had we've had customers over seventy years old. Yeah. Um, that are surfing with us. So again, it's just it, it opens it up to such a wide audience that you can justify the the cost of a boat like that instead of just to drag Billy around the lake on a wakeboard for fifteen minutes. So yeah. I think that's a huge reason why the sport took off and why why it is what it is today so did you
0: guys ever think of doing um wakeboarding and skiing tour do you ever do that or just we focus can't on
1: um so our one of our struggles as we grew was um the liability insurance um in this world is is pretty tricky and yeah. it's extremely expensive so um our initial insurance provider um strictly for uh, prohibited anything other than surfing really right. okay um, just for so, speed wise um, injuries it must be a higher risk uh to them so okay. they they literally said wake surfing only we couldn't take people tubing we couldn't take people wakeboarding wow. all that stuff and it's frustrating because we do get calls you know throughout the summer hey i, I just want to go water skiing yeah just... i have i have two x24s they're not a great ski boat yeah. like it's a, at what point do you you know you, you can't be all things all people but it right. was um the liability insurance was our real main okay. uh, thing that, that limited us. We have a, a very good customer who became a friend who actually bought a house on the lake and we're we're buddies now. He he really wanted a wakeboard really bad. So we finished up our paying lesson and then he became our friend and we took him for a wakeboard ride. And that's, gotcha. I think, one of the only times we've actually taken somebody wakeboarding.
0: Okay, gotcha. Little, so. so like the whole gist is... Um... I'll walk through like a routine of like that I do kind of, I get on the boat, pick people up, um, have them sign the waiver, kind of do an instruction while I'm filling up the ballast on how to do it. And then I just throw them in the water and have them do it as that's similar for you. It
1: is. We we've talked, um, at length about maybe doing a demo, uh, getting the instructor to hop in the water and, um, and show people. A lot of people are visual. I think the people that go first in the group are at a major disadvantage because they don't have. They don't know what to they don't know what to expect they don't know what it looks like everybody that sits in the boat i actually think you learn more sitting in the boat watching than you do doing it mm-hmm. um so they get they get the visual they see what works what doesn't and it's um so the, the first person is at a disadvantage we talked about getting the instructor in the water the problem is we're in northern wisconsin is not always super warm up here and so to To throw our guy in the water and make him wet and be wet for two hours yeah. and cold like it's not, it's just I don't know. We've done it occasionally, yeah. but I would say for the most part we give him a good enough rundown. the The huge thing is is foot positioning, mm-hmm. getting keeping the heel to the heel edge and getting that board to flip. If we can get that board to flip, we can probably get you out of the water. Yeah, um, and and then from there it's just walking through the the steps and the snail crawl to get your foot across and all of those. Everybody, the really interesting thing about the sport, and I've seen thousands of people learn how to surf. Everybody goes through exactly the same like milestones or yeah. the checklist like board flip. Yep, mm-hmm. you know, butt out of the water. Oh, okay, we're getting closer. You know, get that and weight on the back foot. Don't all dig of the that tip stuff. In. It's it's just funny how everybody goes through exactly the same thing. Some people they do steps one, two, three, and four in one try. Some people it's, we got step one, let's go to step two. And yeah, the big thing for us, our, our instructors are <laughs> probably the most patient people I know. Um, and they, and we get comments about that. And I think it, it's, it says a lot about them because it is a frustrating thing um, to some people. And, and for whatever reason, some people just struggle and some people get it. So we try to work with everybody as best you can
0: yeah i know patience is super important when you're teaching someone to stay calm and work through the steps and you were once a learner too i know for sure so so was i so it's tough to kind of jump to conclusions so you got to really help them out through the whole process exactly so besides patience what do you think is like another big attribute that a employee for a business service business like this should have um
1: the the observation skills to be able to see what you see and then Kind of diagnose the problem and then come up with the solution the driver you know and the communication between the driver and the instructor is important too our, our instructors on the platform directly communicating sometimes the driver sees something or picks something up that the the instructor didn't catch um so it's um uh, to me that's the the big thing the patience is kind of a, a given that that's needed but number two the ability that that you have enough surf skill to see what's going on and figure out how to fix it and then effectively communicate that with, with the the rider.
0: Yeah, totally, so. I agree. Um, some big relationships in the business world, I feel like um, for me is where I pick people up and also the dealership that you really have to get, have good relationships with, would you agree with that?
1: Huge. Um, yeah. We wouldn't be where we are without the dealership. Uh, their support, um, both from a sales perspective and, and, and their help with Mastercraft and and Conley boards and and all of those things that was that was huge and they took a chance on us I mean it, you look back and I'm like hey it's 2016 I want to start a surf business yeah like uh, okay like nobody else is doing this why is nobody else doing this um so so Stengel Marine the crew there um that they believed in us was huge Uh, The ongoing service. I mean, we're getting oil changes every other week, probably. And so, you know, their promptness and their ability to get us in, get us out is huge. Um, On the rare occasion we've had, um, we had a on our XT23 back in 2018, it was a Saturday afternoon. I was teaching my wife's family how to surf and we had a lesson (laughs) Sunday morning at nine o'clock. We had a a coolant elbow on the on the boat. We lost all of our coolant, boat overheated, got towed back to shore. The owner of the dealership was in my bilge fixing the problem. So wow. we didn't continue. We didn't have to cancel the lesson. We could continue operating. And um yeah, seven o'clock Sunday morning he's in my bilge fixing my boat. And that's crazy. I mean that's world class service. Yeah. Set them apart from from so many other people. So um, and then the pickup location is cool because um, as you know, we do a surf and suds event.
0: I was going to bring that up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we'll transition to that, I guess. Let's That's do Beat yeah. you to the punch. <laughs> um, so surf and suds was our way to be able to go out and surf and have people pay to ride along with us. Um, we were out on a random weeknight one night and, and it was like, Hey, it'd be cool if we had, you know, three or four other people that wanted to surf with us, take a couple bucks in exchange for a pull. Um, and then it spiraled into what if we picked up at a bar what if we did all of this stuff? And it turned into what it is today. Um, we pick up at the Boathouse restaurant on Lake Manaqua. Uh, we go out, everybody gets at least a 20 minute surf session, which um, if we have a smaller crew, you get more time. Yeah. We come back, uh, the Boathouse generously provides us with a coupon for a free beer. Uh, so we'll sit on the dock and uh, rehash the night's events. Uh, we'll toast the successes and um, and it works awesome. Uh, they've become our new pickup location. We used to pick up all of our lessons at a town dock. Now we're okay. picking up there. Uh, the neat thing is they have a rental shop um, that's operated by another business, but it's in their building. Um, we're going to do more merch uh, merch sales out mm-hmm. of that store. Um, so people will be able to, after the lesson, we'll give them a coupon, buy one, get one free, or buy one, get one half off, whatever that is. Yeah. Send them up to the... Um, send them up to the rental shop and they can buy a hat or a shirt. And, um, instead of trying to sell stuff out of what we called the swag cooler, uh, that's the cooler on the too. boat was like stuffed with hats and t-shirts. And it was, uh, people would say, Hey, that's a cool. shirt. Where'd you get that? Oh, I have, I have some on the boat. Would you like one? You know, and then it was scrounging, trying to find sizes, right. trying to do all this stuff. And it was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so we'll have all a hundred percent of our merch will be available in the store. Um, we're trying to expand that side of our business that's that's where we need to grow we need mm-hmm. to do a better job um, and i, I think surfsconson as a name is a company we're a, we're a lesson company but i think surfsconson as like a lifestyle brand i think i think it appeals to more people than just our customers so uh, with that in mind we're going to try to uh, expand our horizons on the merch side and and get into some more places but
0: awesome heck yeah i did the, i do the same thing i just got a cool not the cooler, but I I have a big board bag that I just keep all the merch in. And at the end of the lessons, I did like a 20% off coupon or whatever, but just to go to the website because it's such a hassle to pull them out. And it's awkward too, at the end of the lesson to be like, Hey, like, do you want some merch? Yeah. (laughs) Exit
1: through the gift shop. Um, yeah, so much better. Yeah, it is. Um, it is awkward and, and we, we didn't do a good job of it. You know, we'd almost wait until people said, Hey, that's cool hat. Where'd you get that? Um, so this way, it'll be, it won't be a high pressure sales pitch. It'll be, here's a coupon, head up there if you wanted some merch. If you don't want any merch, throw the coupon in the garbage and thanks for your business. Right. If you do, awesome. We'd love to sell you a hat or a shirt or something like that. So yeah. Heck that's, yeah. That's our plan for 2024 is to gotcha. grow that. A, a good, a customer of ours who uh, became a friend is now an employee and he's uh, he's been designated the vp of merch so he uh he's awesome. he's grabbed that bull by the horns and he's doing a great job so i'm, nice. I'm excited to uh watch him run with that nice. vision so awesome
0: awesome good. so we talked about the um the sunset or you i was just about to say sunset surfing that's yeah. my <laughs> version of, this, uh, of the surf and suds yeah but so you do the surf and suds and then let's get into the, like private lessons so do you do um is two hours the minimum correct? we do a
1: two hour minimum yeah um the the time it takes to round up the crew get the boat ready it, it, to go out for less than two hours just doesn't make sense. Yeah. We can't charge enough. Um, from a business, from a business, uh, if you had to write a business plan and it involved a surf school, you, you would get laughed at. I mean, it's a terrible, it's a terrible business model. I mean, you, you physically, with, especially as the cost of boats have increased, yeah. man, you can't charge enough to make it that you could sustain a an employee or two. And come out on the plus side. Like, you just can't do it. Right. So, it's really, you have to want to have the boat or boats yourself. It's a personal,
0: the Obviously. personal
1: benefit yeah. is you have a boat that you can use whenever you want. Um, so, the two-hour lesson thing, um, we've we've broken it, I think, twice. Um, it's pretty rare that we'll okay. for less than two hours. There are some extenuating circumstances. Uh, the one I can think of was super cool. The lady uh, reached out to us. She was from the Fox Valley. They were going on a wake surf trip uh, with their family friends the following weekend, and she had mm-hmm. never done it, so she drove up by herself to learn how to surf. Really? So that the following weekend, when they were with their friends, she knew what to do, and she wanted to surprise her. Oh, kids. she didn't tell them? No, no, no. Okay, this yeah, was yeah. T- totally top secret. So yeah. she made <laughs> the trip up. We took her out, and I'm like, "All right, you're coming up by yourself. Like, I'm not going to make you go for two hours." Yeah. So we did a we did a one hour lesson with her, and. Um, it was super cool though. She she crushed it and reported back after their family trip that everybody was
0: shocked oh, nice. at
1: how uh, how good she was. And so <laughs> it's just it was super cool. That's um, hilarious.
0: And, and can we get into the rates a little bit for yeah like two so, hours?
1: Um, the rates right now. Um, I don't think they're going to change for 2024, but right now we're at 600 dollars for two hours. Okay. And then they go up from there. Um, do you do a
0: discount for like three hour, four hour little discount? We or? did.
1: Um, I don't know the answer to that actually. Um. Cause i think
0: i did last year i was at 550 for 2 hours and 775 for 3 hours so it was a little bit of a discount but i know um some surf schools i was down with wake surf tampa a couple weeks ago and they did i think it was a flat rate of 300 or 325 per hour yeah. no discount for um additional hours upon 2 hours we um but as gas goes up too, I'm, I'm well, sure you know we've both increased our rates over the past. That was three um,
1: years. so the boat costs, um, really cost. Oh yeah, uh, that that was a major. Um, why is my website not available? Um, our I think our merch guys in there. Uh, oh, doing some, some stuff. stuff. Yeah. So I don't believe we did a major. Um, Discount okay. for hourly stuff. Um, yeah. If we did, it was, I want to say three hours was maybe 879 instead of okay. 900 Something pretty minor discounts. Yeah. Um, The surf and suds is kind of the, confu- the confusing part. So going back to surf and suds, the idea with surf and suds was how do we get more people on the boat? Uh, we knew some locals that um just didn't have a boat but knew how to surf. Yeah it was never intended to be a lesson, um, because it was meant kind of for us, you know, normally during a two hour lesson, the instructors don't surf. Um, we teach you and that's about it. So this, the surfing suds was a way for us to get in the water, be able to ride. Um, and then if people were with us, they could tag along. We'll certainly offer assistance and help, but to bring a new person that's never done it before to surf and suds, I think we're charging 40 or $45 per time. Um, it's not like I can't afford to pay an instructor and uh, you know, and you only like, get 20 minutes and you only get 20 minutes which so. is for some people not enough time yeah. to really get them going so it was never intended to be a lesson we try to communicate that if you've done it before we'll certainly offer pointers and stuff like that but it's it was never intended to be a lesson which is a way for us to get out on the lake and
0: yeah. yeah, I know for, for me at least this summer, that sunset surf was like the only time I got to surf. Yeah. Because I was so exactly. busy. It's like, exactly. I get 20 minutes every single Tuesday, yeah. which is perfect because a lot of it was my friends coming out too that were busy too. So they just would book a, a exactly. sunset surfing, which yeah. was awesome. So it was a yeah. great vibes, great crew. And I think I had like one person come out for the first time, which unknowingly. Yeah. And they did great though, too, which yeah. was fun. Yeah. So it all worked out. Yeah. But I want to get into a little bit of like the marketing. So do you do, I know a lot of it's word of mouth for the most part, but what are your marketing like? Um,
1: social media social really media. helps us. Um, the Instagram and uh, Facebook pages, we, we did not do a good job this year. We were we were busy, um, yeah. it, it got fairly neglected when you look back at the number of posts in 2023 versus years prior, um, so that, that helps. Uh, we are a member of the local Chamber of Commerce, so we have some brochures and stuff there. Um, Google searches. We follow along on the Google analytics stuff. Um, we're getting a lot of really good traffic on just from Google people starting to surf, uh, search surfing, um, and finding us. So that's been growing really nicely over the years. Um, but as far as, you know, actual advertising, we're not like putting ads in the newspaper or anything like that. It's mostly just word of mouth repeat customers. Um, we put some flyers up at the boathouse, um, historically you know that helps draw some traffic Mm -hmm. and then um yeah google and social media
0: gotcha and you also go out on other people's boats correct
1: we do um i would say this year probably 20 percent were on other people's boats okay um we've had some really interesting experiences there uh we're we're a mastercraft company so we we're we're pretty familiar with the technology and how how it operates. Um, over the years, we have a gentleman in the area that is a um, has a new G twenty three nautique, and so the last two summers we've spent uh, we've been to his house. I think over twenty times. Um, we'll go. We'll do two hour sessions um, with him and his uh, family. Oh heck yeah! And uh, it's fun because it's changes scenery for us. He's on a lake that's. Plenty big to surf but it's usually pretty quiet so we're not fighting monaco chain traffic um and watching them progress getting to know them it was, it's just been a really great experience um but it's it took a little bit for us you know we had to do a little research on on how to dial a, a new yeah. g in because it's different than every other boat like it, regardless of brand they're all different mm-hmm. so we did a little research i think we got him set up probably right where he needs to be and um Yeah. So we, we do, we do help people. Um, one of the big, the first ones we did, I think the first offsite lesson we did was on a Moomba. And so they couldn't throw the rope. Everybody could get up. Nobody could throw the rope. We went out to their house, which was over in Eagle river. And we said, just show us what you're doing. So they did. Dad was driving. Son was surfing, um, popped up when we're riding. I'm like, we are hauling ass. Like we were going super fast uh, so I pull out my phone, GPS, speedometer. We were going over 13 miles an hour. Ooh. Their GPS, uh, their, their 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 boat was wrong. Just calibrated wrong. So we said slow down to like nine miles an hour, and they threw the rope in the boat, and it was That's like hilarious. instant. They, yeah. they had no idea what they were doing wrong. Yeah. And you could just tell like we were going way too fast. So mm-hmm. something like that. It was cool to get them set up. There's been some ballast. Uh, there's been some ballast help that we've provided. There's been some settings. When we do other people's boats, we typically would send a driver and an instructor like we would normally. And I think part of that goes to the issues we're facing in the sport with um, the, the potential regulation coming down the road. Um, we're trying to teach people how to be as good a neighbor as possible, as good a driver as possible, be respectful. It's all of those things that, um, again, we hop on the boat and say, show us what you're doing and when they show us what they're doing a lot of times we can make it better either where we're surfing deeper water further from shore mm-hmm. all of those things um and then the techniques it, it is a special um set of challenges to drive for surfing um so some people just surf falls they stay on plane and they do a huge loop and go back um i'd say stop the boat let the waves go turn around go get your rider so yeah. those are just some of the things give them the little tidbits um usually drive for the first half let them drive the second half and, okay. uh, and sit next to them and give them some pointers so it's it's as much a driving lesson as it is a surfing lesson on their boats typically
0: right yeah because the driving's a big aspect too for sure into pulling people up it's huge i've had a i went out on somebody's boat and they had a like a six inch fin on this board <laughs> i've never seen it it was like a swell surfboard or something and they had the fin backwards. Oh, so it was like hooking forward. Oh, that's and cool. I was like, we got to switch that around. And he's like, oh, good thing we hired you. Like yeah, We exactly. would have never known. How simple was that? Yeah, how simple It was simple worth was every that? nickel. Yeah, worth every nickel. But um, I, I have this experience too with um, going on, out on lakes and stuff. And you really have to learn the lake and be For comfortable sure. on it because there's a lot of lakes... I know my sisters hit the prop on like a little rock or something that we did doesn't doesn't show up on GPS or anything. Do you have any experience with that too?
1: Uh, We do actually. We have one negative experience on a customer's boat. It was really unfortunate. Um, he had an X twenty three. We went out to the house and um, they were they picked an area. I wasn't on the boat at the time. They picked an area to surf. They decided the wind direction lent itself to needing to move. Uh, Boat was full of ballast. He told the driver, the owner of the boat who lives on the lake said, I want you to go over over there. Yeah. We started idling. He said, I want you to go over there faster. And the driver took off and put it right over a rock bar. So oh. so we did some damage to the boat and um, we were able to get that resolved, but it was, it was unfortunate. It was the one and only major, major issue. Um, our G23 customer, I did I dinged his prop on his lift uh, back in the boat off the oh, lift. Oh, I think you and, told me that once. The one. bow stop uh, on the lift didn't necessarily function, but... Uh, oh. It was not. Uh, it wasn't thousands of dollars in damage. was yeah. a minor inconvenience. But um, so yeah, that's uh, those are those are some of the the hurdles to um, um, other lakes. We we've uh, once in the history of the company we've taken our boat to another lake. Uh, they had a group of I think it was twenty people. It was going to be far too many people to bring to us. Um, so we did actually transport the boat to their lake. gotcha. Um, extensive research, water depths yeah. uh, looking at maps, making sure we're good and then obviously their local knowledge was helpful and it's it was a, a pretty easy lake but the headache, the time uh, that was a full over eight hour day for us to do a six hour lesson by the time he took the boat out, moved it, put it back, all that good stuff it was it was kind of determined that that probably wasn't worth. Yeah, we're towing the boat. We'll stick with our lake. We'll do what we can to accommodate people's schedules and have them come to us.
0: No, totally. That's all I got for Surf And You got anything else?
1: Not that I know of. Okay. Uh, No.
0: All right, let's take a little break then. Sounds good. Do what? I think you did do like a discount like I did
1: where it was like 20 Yeah, it was uh, private lessons here. We were... Yeah, so five ninety nine for two hours, eight seventy-nine for three, uh, four hours, a thousand, ninety-nine, and then an eight hours okay. two thousand. All right. I think we only did one eight hour in the history of the company. It was a long day. Yeah, I think I've done one of those too. We did have some other long ones. Um... I'm
0: actually transitioning into doing that a little bit this year. One of one of my customers um is like the co owner of Huck Fishing. Oh. And he gave me like a bunch of advice and said that we should start doing like half and full day lessons and have it be like more of an experience where we can like drop them off at the bar for lunch, yep. dinner, like stuff like that. He said yeah. that would be like more of
1: a charter than, yeah. a, than a lesson. Um, there's all these boat setter, like boat setter and some of these other companies where you can rent a boat. I recently cabin. saw that, um, tempted to kind of look into that a little bit. They take a percentage. Um, but if it gets you more business and, uh, I don't know, it might be worth, uh, posting on there yeah i mean and yeah. even if you did even if it wasn't a wake surf lesson like i can take people for a boat ride if you want to go for a sunset cruise like let's do a two-hour sunset cruise yeah. or something other than a pontoon boat yeah
0: that's what he was thinking because he was saying like it's just like a luxury business that you're doing with like the mastercraft and stuff like make it that don't be like just a two-hour right. surf chart and be like yeah you don't even have to surf just come out and experience luxury yeah. and we can like cruise you around the you lake can do you can, a shoreline can cruise yeah right yeah that's, that's, that's what he was saying so i'm gonna try to do that next year so i did like a half day and then a full day lesson. I'm gonna
1: try doing that next year. Yeah. So I, the one thing we really uh, we should have talked about that was uh, the kids camp. Like, oh yeah. We never we we had the idea like early early on thinking if we did a two or three day kids camp you know ten to two two or three days in a row and you provide you know a box lunch or something for the kids from right. like, one of the restaurants and um, kind of a half daycare half get the kids up on on water sports, um, I thought that'd be cool. Yeah. Yep. No. <laughs> You're good. We're taking a break, anyways. Well,
0: you guys got any leads on a black Mastercraft peanut butter
1: interior? I can. Yeah, order, right I'll, here. I'll order a black Mastercraft <laughs> with peanut butter interior, and it will be available October first, twenty
0: twenty-four. Or oh. my or RXT twenty-four, black outside, peanut butter inside. We're selling. He's got one. Yeah. Hey, you
1: want the mirror? Quick. There we go. Sold the boat.
0: Hopefully, that'd be sick.
1: Alive. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah, but I couldn't get anything on that kid's camp either. No. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? You looking for a Mastercraft? Yeah, like an X twenty two or yeah, probably an X Mm twenty two. We have an XT twenty four. We have gum, gum metal flake on the outside and uh, black around it, and then um, two tone tan here. So that's kind of funny. The one I just lost out on, I'll show you pictures of it. Okay. It was in New Hampshire. It super good deal. What and model? What, was what model was it? X, X22. Oh, X22, okay. And we I, both had one of those at one time. We did. I told him I was uh, going to send him a wire today, and I guess someone came Sunday with a check. Damn it. it! Oh, that's sucks. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, um, you know, what is that, like a $300,000 boat? He was selling it for 180000 New. Yeah, new. It only had 50 hours. Oh, okay. What um, year was it? Uh, tw- what? Was it a 23? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah that's pretty guy good. Yeah.
0: This
1: a new boat every year. So, Looking like yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the way to do it. Really? Yeah.
0: Minor recording. Can, I, can you pull it up on your phone or Instagram to show yeah. Marbo? Yeah. You
1: guys do like it. What are you doing here? I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, we're, <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're casual talking conversation yeah, turned into conversation. a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um so I I he owns Surf Lake Country down in Milwaukee area and I own Surf Wisconsin up here. Oh, okay. So we order we get two new boats every year. Um yeah. let's see here. So we're uh, I think I got one of the
0: boat lifts that you had.
1: Yeah, you got my lift. Oh nice. Um, nice. so yeah, we're um we have one boat ordered. So there's... Yeah, there we go.
0: That's ours that we're selling. So it's the metal flake outside and then two-tone. Yeah, the green is right. just decals, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a sticker. So which I'm not real familiar. Which motor
1: does that one have? On? 6.0. Living. He's got the six liter is yeah, his. Okay. All of ours are X24s and we'll have the 6.2. Right. Which is... Let's um, yeah, do that. Yeah, I made like a
0: whole video of it, but on the Instagram. But it's pretty much got all the options that you look for. Yeah, there's the engine.
1: So you guys sell them every year?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. We kept this one for two years, actually, but we're getting one for new for next year. So, yeah, that's it. Does that one have the uh, tower that? Down or... yeah the hydro hydraulic lock it's like the new one that, that was like a crazy expensive upgrade. tower
1: is awesome though holy shit good 22 oh, yeah. yeah the clip we have the upgraded too, yeah. yeah the clips um yeah the <laughs> the new tower though 2022 and newer um so easy to use there's a button on the back you push the button and you just pull it down basically you can lower it like one hand and wherever you let go of that button it stops like it locks at that point so you can lock it at halfway down or wherever you wanted it it doesn't have to go all the way down like the 21 and 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 it looks so much better because you can
0: like dial it in with the boat like i think we have what black gray and uh white to like match it yeah so you can get like the colors on the tower. Oh, very nice. And you
1: can yeah. change those. It's like chromax, like oh, uh, and the inlay on and the, the windshield, windshield too, which yep.
0: is sick. Yeah, we have the white to match the tower, and that's a black cutoff windshield. And yeah. you're selling this one then? He is. I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you looking to get for? Um, I think we're in the range, like at right, right around like one hundred and fifty right now. How many hours? I think it has two hundred and fifty. We've used it for the last two years. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But it's got yeah every option and. I don't think I've I think I have the price at like one sixty right now. I haven't dropped it down on the internet, but uh, we're looking to sell it before next year for sure. Okay. Or this winter we want to get rid of it. Where is it? stored at? Uh Skipper Buds, Pewaki. Oh. Okay. So yeah, down by Milwaukee. Okay. What well, lake do you boat on? Uh, here. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, can I get your phone on Yeah. Yeah, take it down, and shoot me a text and I'll get back to you once we're done filming <laughs> here. Yeah. No, no worries
1: at all. Wait, I'll shoot you a text, and I've been the only
0: person to use it, so I know literally right, everything right. about the boat. I've been the only person driving it and whatnot. And, uh, so, how many pounds of ballast does that one have? Like 3,600.
1: 3, oh, so it's the standard, it's a, yeah. So, it's and it's it, the new. So, that hull, um, that should be the X24 running surface, I think. Yeah, it's a six. The, the, the bottom it. of the boat's the same as an X24. X24 yeah, okay. is gonna have, I think, four or five hundred pounds more ballast than, oh. than the XD24, but it's still.
0: Until twenty twenty three um, I feel like the X T twenty four is actually better because then you got like the upgraded interior. Yeah. In our boat, like we have that um that flip back seat in the middle. On the series, they have that handle which you'd always stub your toe yeah. on and stuff. And now they just converted it to like a C Deck step which uh, is on ours, which is nice. I know that. We do And then the yeah. step in the C too is game changer that they changed so, to step on C deck in the yeah. going into the boat. But well, yeah, shoot me a text yeah, I'll and I'll give you a call or same touch, and I can send you some pictures and stuff. Awesome. So. Sounds good. Awesome. What's you. your name? Uh, Logan. Yep. Logan. Nice, nice, meet nice to him, meet you, man. man. Great to
1: meet you. Yeah. Awesome. Love to, love to help you out.
0: Yeah. All right. we'll no worries. That awesome. Thanks, Thanks man. That was interesting. Keep it in. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right. Let's get going on Lakeside. Yeah. Here we go. I really don't know much about this business at all, sure. so I'm um, super interested to learn about it. But... How did you like learn about it here? Because you acquired it, correct or bought I it? Did
1: yeah. So I actually worked here. So rewinding back to my first job, I was in the I was in the golf business. Um, when I went to college, I wanted to be a doctor, and um, through my lack of desire to be at school, it didn't turn out super good. Um, <laughs> so I decided after year one that uh, pre med was not my chosen path. I was uh, told by one of my uh, golf course bosses to consider a career in turf um, as, a, as a golf course superintendent. And I liked the variety of the job. It was something new every day. You were part doctor in, in figuring out the, the turf diseases, part pharmacist, that was something I was interested in, on how to treat the diseases. Um, it was managing people. Um, it was an independent position in that you, you were kind of your own boss. Um, so I, I started looking down that path um, I moved from UW Oshkosh to Rutgers University um, and got out of school and ended up in the golf business. Uh, a year and a half later, I decided that it was time for a change, so I left the golf business. Um, my dad was a builder. He was working on a house up here, and I came up for a ride with him to uh, meet the some of his contractors up here. We uh, grabbed a newspaper. I found a job at a landscaping company, um, and then ended up getting a job moving up here um, from the Milwaukee area. So it was kind of a, a big move to move across the state. I, um, a month into the landscaping career, uh, I saw a job, a uh, sales job at Lakeside Docks, selling docks and boat lifts. So I thought that sounded kind of funny. Grew up on a lake. I was familiar with uh, docks and boat lifts a little bit. So we, um, I got together with the owner I got hired and I worked here from 2002 to 2010 as a sales guy. Um, In 2010, I found an opportunity to go work for one of the manufacturers that we sell for uh, as a sales rep. And it was, uh, I wasn't looking for a job. I kind of fell into it. Um, The guy who was uh, one of their reps had been promoted and uh, I I stumbled on that job and ended up uh, interviewing for it, taking it. And for 12 years, I was a sales rep for. Flow, who's our primary brand here at Lakeside Docks. Fast forward to 2021, I was in the process of attempting to buy a dealership. um, And throughout that six to eight month process, uh, it kind of realized that it was sliding downhill. The seller's demands were, the number they wanted was out of line with with what the business was capable of. and it, uh, it had some other components to it, some other industries they were in that I had no interest in. Mm. Um, so we kind of realized that deal was done. And about a week later, the previous owner here's son, Andrew, called me and said, Hey, um, my parents want to sell. Would you be interested? Um, and we put a deal together uh, ridiculously fast. Um, their terms were fair. Like everything was right. It yeah. just You threw a thousand piece puzzle up in the air and it, it fell on the ground like... In position wow it was unbelievable so it was um it's two miles from home when i left here in 2012 i never left Monaca. this was home i could live anywhere so um so it's literally two miles from my house uh i knew where the copier paper was uh, it, they're the number one flow dealer in the country like mm-hmm. all of these things all of these positives were were far too good to ignore so yeah and you already worked here too and i, I had experience i knew the lakes i knew the customers it's fun and um, you knew the product too because you work for flow so sure. you kind of knew the whole inside a 20-year so. history with with the product line and essentially a 20-year history with the company in general because uh, shortly after i left i actually became their rep so mm. um okay. so it's uh, an intimate knowledge of the business um obviously it it yeah september 20 uh september 1st of 2022 we took over gotcha um,
0: so it's interesting how that works. I've talked to a few other people and, um, it's been the same thing. Like I, I always thought that there was like a website you could go to that you can look for like businesses for sale or something. And you can, uh, yeah.
1: those, those exist. Usually the, the, the ones that end up working out in my experience, uh, were businesses that you knew the guy, you knew the owner, you had a connection, exactly. you knew their story, they knew you, you know, and that was a big thing. When we put this deal together, we weren't some strangers off the street. Um, you know, it was. It was basically their family, their son, uh, a family member, and me, uh, a 20-year um, person that they knew. So mm-hmm. just made the whole deal as easy as it could be.
0: And you were not to get each other or whatnot. No. I know I know some,
1: no. probably ones that are selling online,
0: like they're destined for failure and they just want to get it off their hands. Exactly. But this is like you knew the person, you heard about
1: it from them, and it's yep. worked yep. out great. It is. It, you couldn't have asked for a better deal. It's just everything... They took care of us um, you know I think they were very fair in what they wanted out of the business and um, and here we are so did you keep most
0: of the employees here that were working we kept already all of them yeah all of them okay yep.
1: and that was another huge thing was there was no turnover there was no training there was no uh, you know there was really no mass exodus when when we took over it was nothing changed really
0: okay sure. so give me a scope of like um all the employees i'm sure you have sales front yep. desk give yep. a give a whole general. yeah so
1: um the the previous owner um he was the kind of the primary sales role and some of the administration stuff with uh, with invoicing, inventory control stuff like that. I slid into his role. Uh, his wife was the office manager. She did accounts receivable, accounts payable, um, a bunch of other you know general office tasks, and kept the business running like it should uh, from a paperwork perspective and an organization perspective. Uh, my wife was a stay at home mom at the time, uh, when we took over. So she slid into that role, um, kind of calling back on some of her previous, uh, work history and extremely organized person. Um, so it was great that the two primary roles that left were filled by, by me and my wife. So yeah. that was super easy. Um, it's, a, her role handles money, um, so it's comforting to know that it's not just some stranger handling the money. It's my wife. So yeah. <laughs> you know uh, you know it's going to be done and, and done right. And that's just one less thing to worry about. Um, we have sales staff. Um, and then the the service and install guys um, are, are all really young. And uh, they do a great job for us. So. Is there
0: turnover on those guys a lot or not too much? It's
1: It's been, since we've had it, it's been great. Um, over the years, you look at the 20-year history. Um, we had a guy that retired after he had been here i think the business was started in the late 90s 98 i want to say um he made it over 20 years as kind of the back shop wow. head of back shop That's operations huge, yeah. um and then you know it seems to be every four or five years you you'd maybe lose a guy and and pick a new one up but it's it's i would say for the most part fairly stable okay um and we're we're blessed to have the people we have cuz it is a a tough thing to it's a tough job to yeah. fill. It's uh, it's not always the most fun. It's cold water. It's cold weather. It's uh, heavy lifting. It's it's a lot of different stuff. So
0: and the person needs to know what they're doing too to put for the sure. docks in the right spot or whatnot. So okay. you're selling the docks, selling the lifts, and then the person has to get installed right too. That is correct. So it's the full yeah. it's the full a full nine package, yards. start yeah. to
1: finish. Um, you come in, we help you design the system for your needs. Uh, We'll help you through our various product offerings, find the right product. We'll design the system to match how you want to use it, and then we'll take care of putting it in. Um, One of the big changes this year was we got back into the seasonal in-and-out business. Uh, The previous owner had kind of drifted away from that three or four Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, It's a lot of work. It's a lot of equipment. Nowadays, you have to have a a forklift boat or a crane boat to move these lifts. Um, You know That that was a $180,000 boat that we had to buy to put lifts in and out. And then you need the people to run it. And then you need the time to do it. So it was all of these things. We drifted away from it. We got back into it. Um, but it's it's kind of keeping that full service aspect where if you buy something from us, we're going to take care of you and not shuffle you off onto some other contractor. So. Right.
0: No, totally. And I know um, a lot of the ones by our house aren't very good at that. Um, that pull the docs out or whatnot. They're Throwing stuff around, breaking stuff, and they just don't care because some of them I know don't even sell the stuff; they're just to take it in,
1: take yeah. it out. Yeah, it's um, uh, there's a lot of that. Um, and part of the problem is the rates. You know what we charge for what we do. Um, there's always it's a commodity service to some people. They can find it cheaper. They can yeah. they can get it done cheaper. That generally comes with a cost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That contractor maybe doesn't have liability insurance. Maybe they you know maybe they don't have any any sort of insurance. Just a, a guy with a pickup truck who has two strong buddies and they come take your dock out. If they break something and, and I mean a bow lift could easily be thirty thousand oh, yeah. dollars. If they break a bow lift, who's gonna fix it? Yeah. They're probably not gonna fix it. They probably don't even care. And what they charged you is barely enough to survive, you know, so that, that the contractor that you pay a couple bucks more, probably a little more conscientious, probably gonna take a little bit better care of the stuff. Right. Um if I had a Lamborghini, I'd want the Lamborghini dealer working on my car. I, I don't want some random guy off the street. Right. And with the cost of docks and lifts and boats, and I mean, it's it's a major investment. Oh, in, yeah. So uh, I, you get what you pay for.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I want to know kind of like um what factors customers consider when they come in to purchase a dock. Are people that come in, have they done their research already? Or do you really have to walk them through process process and show them their
1: options and really help them to learn more about it? I would say 25% have done some sort of research or been to some other dealership that we know of, you know, that they say, hey, you know, we went here, here, and then we ended up coming to your store. Um, so we do start with, a big part of our business is word of mouth. So neighbors talk to neighbors. Um, that is huge for us because we've already gotten kind of the introduction out of the way. They've already been told, hey, we have this product from this company. It's been a great experience. So that that is a huge kind of head start i yeah. think that puts us ahead um so yeah it there is some definitely some education involved in somebody new walking in the door we have to ask a ton of questions mm-hmm. what do you have now what's your shoreline like what are you looking to do with the product um how do you, do you want to handle it yourself is it something you're going to pay somebody to put in So there's all of those things that go into it, and then we can kind of create that funnel that says, based on what you told me, this is the product for you, and here's why. Um, And we're unique in that we don't sell a lot of brands. We sell a few different brands. Um, We don't have a lot of product overlap. If you want to roll in, Doc, it's going to be a flow. We think it's the best. Here's why. Um, so it's not a confusing thing for the customer. It's you want a rolling dock, you need this one. And, and here's why it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes our life on the sales side a little bit easier in that we're not trying to explain the difference between roll-in A and roll-in B. Um, and then maybe they have pros and cons to both. We just have all pros uh, on the perfect dock. So
0: what, what's the timeline look like for a uh, sale? So people come in, order it, do you have
1: stuff on site and then do you deliver it? How soon, like what's the timeline sure. of a sale? Um, that ranges from eight months, uh, an eight month wait. Uh, we were selling docks in July for next year. So okay. that guy that bought the dock in July obviously isn't going to get it until springtime. springtime. Um, and we've had a few instances where it was like literally next day. Uh, wow. So it depends on the time of year. Uh, we do stock you know, millions of dollars worth of product um, for that reason that we can yeah. be responsive it's one of the things that does set us apart from some of our other competitors um we can be usually responsive mid-season if you came in you came in memorial day um we could probably get you in in two to three weeks um if you came in july that guy that that customer will be the first phone call um, when the ice gets ready to start going out we start calling dock number one when do you want it Dock number two so buying ahead is an advantage to the customer in that they get their pick of days. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in season we we um, we're the largest flow dealer in the country, so uh, that that comes with having a bunch of inventory, yeah. and that helps our customer and that we can be responsive. So.
0: Right. So, what what kind of sales do you guys do? I know you guys are at the boat show. What are there other big trade shows or
1: we don't? Um, the Milwaukee Boat Show. We were just talking about that. I wish there were more opportunities. Um, yeah. Historically, there used to be a a Lake and Lake Home and Cabin Show series that was um, put on by a promoter. They had uh, Madison. They did one in Milwaukee for a couple of years. They had Chicago, which was at the Schaumburg Convention Center. Mm. And then they did Madison at the Alliant Energy Center. And that was a lake home and cabin show for either people that owned lake homes or wanted one. So from a target market perspective, it was a bullseye for us. Yeah, um, And for whatever reason, it just, it was a smaller show. Milwaukee boat show is pretty decent size. Um, this was, you know less than a quarter of that it was log home builders realtors dock companies uh a couple boat dealers stuff like that mm-hmm. um and throughout the years they just um attendance was dwindling to the point that they ended up shutting them down uh, so the madison uh, show is dead chicago is dead um uh the minneapolis one is still going but it's unfortunately customers in that market are not coming to monocla uh they're they're either coming to Northwestern Wisconsin, Hayward and points like that, or they're going other places in Minnesota. So for us to participate in that show probably doesn't make a ton of sense. Just a yeah. geographical thing, but great show. Um, the Milwaukee boat show, we had a really good response last year. Um, we sent out a, a direct mail piece to, uh, the local tax, uh, tax bill mailing addresses for our customers. Mm. Um, so we send that to them saying, Hey, come see us at the Milwaukee boat show. And, um, we, we had a great response from that. So oh, we'll, nice. be, we'll be doing that again uh, here in the next week or two. Yeah.
0: Nice. Get okay. Paid, paid. And, um, does it work with, um, do you do like a deal with Stengel to where they kind of like, um, a boat dealership would refer customers to. Yeah. So okay. we have
1: a deal, um, a, a gentleman's agreement with Stengel Marine, uh, with Plowman's Marine. Uh, they send us customers. Um, we're working on a few other ones right now. Um, okay. So they, uh, they're not in the dock business. Right. We're not in the boat business. It works out really well. Um, and that, that customer lead, you know, plowman's will say, hey, this guy, they'll call and say, customer ABC just bought a Bennington whatever, they'll give us a heads up that, that they told them, told the customer about us, and then they'll give us some info on the boat, um, and then we can um, kind of have a little bit of legwork done ahead of time in terms of what we need to sell that customer. And um, because they, they trusted that salesperson to buy the boat, they trust that salesperson's recommendation on where to buy a lift, and so our our, um, our success rate there is extremely high with those referrals, and we appreciate that. Yeah, So.
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah that's that's a good agreement, I feel like, because they go hand in hand. They do. Both
1: businesses, yeah. They do, and then we coordinate with the boat dealer. We need the boat there to do the lift setup, so we'll coordinate the timing of the boat arrival with the, the dealer, make it as seamless as we can for the customer, and it's just easy.
0: Awesome, does a, does a big success story or challenge story about like a dock installer sale come to mind? Um, uh, Besides that one day flip around, that's
1: pretty crazy. Yeah, it was cool, <laughs> it was uh, like the customer's here and it was like, if you could have it in for me tomorrow, I'll buy it or uh, if I could have it in for you tomorrow, would you buy it and he said yes and, and so we put that deal together and they had it in the water I think by nine o'clock the next morning. That's awesome. insane. Um, the challenge story we have right now is we are expanding. We're up to three locations now. Um, so from a from a business perspective, that the challenge for us has been figuring out these other markets. Um, a year ago, on January first, we took over a, a dealership in Krivitz, yeah. um, which is about two and a half hours east of here. And then this last September, we we took over a dealership that was on Lake Dubay, just south of Wausau, and. Manaqua and Lakeside Docks had been kind of operating as its own little thing in its own world and its mm-hmm. own set of challenges and its own set of positives. And then all of a sudden opportunities presented themselves to expand and it's, it's learning the market. It's learning the competitors in that market. It's learning how to set yourself apart from that competitor in that market. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that the previous owners did here is uh, they built a beautiful showroom. It's world-class. Yeah, it is awesome. And when I worked here, I thought this is what a dock store looked like because it was my intro to the dock world. So I worked here for eight years. I left. I went to Flow and I started selling to dealers. So I got to see almost every dealer in the upper Midwest and nothing even really compared. Um, I think that's one of the things that sets us apart in this market is people pull in and this side yard here will be filled with boat lifts starting this week. We're starting to build boat lifts. So this whole field over here will be stuffed with boat lifts our backyard will be mounted with docks people pull in they see we have the inventory it's pretty impressive visually um so that sets us apart the showroom people walk in the door um that sets us apart these other locations we don't have that yet so we're trying to figure out how do we get to that point to make it like Monaco,
0: not in Monaco. yeah
1: so that's been the challenge um you know, the success story probably goes with that. Krivitz, um, we have a, a sales guy over there who's awesome. Um, he has, they've had their best year ever already, and we still have a little bit of time to go. Um, so that's been fun to see that challenge, you know, the dealership we took over, you know, and tr- tried to introduce the Lakeside Way, and they've had their best year in the history of their company. So, oh, wow. so that's been fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, I would say those. The challenge and the uh, success hand and hand. Are, are actually, yeah, same at the thing. same time. So
0: Are you looking to expand more? Grow we more? Are,
1: we are. Um, there's some opportunities. And and the crazy thing is going back to businesses for sale is the lack of succession planning on many business owners' hands. Uh, they, they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dealership that I was attempting to buy was an older, an older couple. Um, their children wanted really nothing to do with the business. They had no out. They had no exit plan. And I thought I thought we offered that to them and that we weren't able to put a deal together. But mm. that's the big thing is there are a lot of business owners that are aging. They don't have a way to get out. Um, and I think the buyer, if you're in a position, can take advantage of some of that a little bit in that you can give them something they don't have in exchange for something you don't have. So there's a way to work out some... Um, you know, some of the, the finer details with a little more flexibility. Yeah. Um, if somebody was interested in buying a business, that would be a really, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh,
0: no, it makes sense. So but were both those, um, acquisitions also just a word of mouth thing too? They were, they okay. were
1: both. Um, the, the Krivitz one was, they were a customer of mine, um, uh, when I was a sales rep. So I knew oh, no. their situation. Yeah. Um, it was two younger guys, brother-in-laws, one wanted to be done, one wanted to stick around. So we were able to, um uh, hired the, the brother-in-law that wanted to stick around and he's oh, done nice. an awesome job for us. Um, the other one, uh, they actually approached us and said, you know, we were trying to figure out a way to work out a deal together. Um, at the local flow dealer in that area, we had already taken over their business from a a, a referral standpoint. They were a boat dealer that sold docks and lifts. Uh, we bought all their remaining inventory and then they were sending people to us in exchange for a referral fee. Um, so they were able to get something that, You know, we were able to take care of their customers. They were able to get something and they didn't have to mess with docks and lifts, which have its own set of challenges in terms of uh, infrastructure, people, all of those things. They weren't set up for it. So we were able to do that. The company that approached us was really our only competitor in that market. And they said, hey, we want to work with you. We were going through all of these avenues. How How do we work out this? Are you buying product from us? Is it going to be our name? And it just got to the point that it was just easier for us to just take it over and make it one of our locations. We hired their son who um, was working at that business. So he's kind of our our main guy down there right now. So, um, But yeah, word of mouth. We weren't shopping. And I know know all of the dealers in the state, Um, some of them quite well. We've had some discussions. So there's definitely some opportunity to spread our wings even further. The hard part is we, we grew fairly fast in, you know, 15 months or whatever. We went from one location to three. Um, we have some internal systems here that we need to figure out to help with this growth. One of the things that we're working on is, is actually developing our own computer program to help with inventory management, multiple location inventory management, okay. uh, a CRM program. Um, our internal paperwork flow is going to be simplified through this program. Um, once we get that up and running and I'll say dialed in, it would be easy to implement that right. in another spot. So um at that point we could reduce our needs in these locations to basically a salesperson and two installers. And then we just have some sales offices. Okay. Uh, all of the paperwork and stuff would still flow through here. Gotcha. But it's um yeah, it's really it's exciting. There's there's a lot of opportunity. Um I, my goal would be, you know, if somebody buys a flow dock in Wisconsin, it comes from Lakeside. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be
0: awesome. Yeah. If, if you're so. covering the whole Lake area. yeah so sweet. Yeah. Um, could you walk us through kind of what an acquisition is like, who gets involved, what attorneys are involved and whatnot?
1: The attorney stuff to this point has been fairly minimal other than drafting some basic contract stuff, lease agreements, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, cause the, the properties, um, the properties in both of those uh, acquisitions have been leased after um, the deal is kind of made on the business itself, or the business and the equipment and the inventory. Um, usually we'll buy the remaining inventory from the business owner. Um, any equipment that's pertinent to our operation, we would buy that. So the, the Dubay uh, operation, we purchased a forklift boat and a forklift from them, um, but they didn't own the property that they were leasing, so we um. took over the lease on that one. Um, the idea would be, you know, let's, let's start, we'll run it for two or three years. If this is as viable as we believe it should be and and could be that we would look at, you know, building our own property, creating this again, the the, the kind of the lakeside way. it's, It's a way to dip your toes without building a million dollar showroom or $2 million showroom to only to... You know find yeah. out through your yeah through your hard work that the, the market isn't what you thought That's it there. was yeah um so yeah they've been they've been fairly simple um it, we have a willing participant on both sides it makes things easier mm-hmm. there's no there's not a ton of negotiation it's here's what i think and you just kind of put it together um sometimes there's some structure uh you know some seller financing maybe or some 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 sort of special deal, and and I, I would say if somebody's looking at buying a business, don't be afraid to ask the seller for some concessions, either you know some seller financing if you don't have all the money, mm-hmm. um, or some assistance or something like that. Somebody that has a willing buyer would be more than happy, I would say, in in our experience, to to do what they need to do to make it work. Yeah. Um, so that's. Uh, kind have,
0: of the- have you done one of those seller financing?
1: Um a little bit on the um some some of it on the like the inventory and stuff like that, most of that has been purchased. Okay. Um but yeah, just straight up. Just straight up. Yeah. Just write a check and get it over with. It's it's easier way and then and you can kind of do with it what you want. But the the thing is, you know, so many of these um so many of these sellers, you know, and and to have uh you know, the business I was looking at purchasing was over three million dollars. Um not everybody uh to have 3 million if you have 3 million dollars you probably don't need a job. Yeah. So to go buy yourself a job at a company with your 3 million dollars like doesn't make a ton of sense. So the people the younger people that are interested in owning a business maybe don't have those resources to either go get a loan for 3 million dollars or have 3 million in cash or whatever. So the sellers if they're smart about it would say, "Hey, I have uh, I have somebody that's, you know, it has to be the right fit. Yeah. But if they are the right fit, you know, they'd be silly not to. And I think there's some tax planning implications that it's way better for the seller to, to be paid out over time than mm. it is to be lump sum. Yeah. And they just get hammered with taxes. So if you can structure uh, okay. that. And then there's the leasing stuff. You know, I mean, the seller, if the seller maintains the real estate and um, there and it doesn't have a ton of debt behind it, you know, that's more income for them that, uh, they're probably already owning the property personally. Right. Um, and leasing it, their business is leasing it to them, uh, or the business is leasing it from them. Um, so that's, that's even more income that if they could find a buyer to keep the business where it is that they would, you know, have that rental income for the foreseeable future too. So gotcha. it's, um, yeah. Every, deal, every deal is different. It's hard to kind of,
0: yeah. yeah. I never even thought about that solar finance stuff. I haven't heard about that. So that's very interesting to learn yep. about. Yep. And, um, is there anything that has to be done with taking over a business? Like, um, do you take, do you absorb their LLC or do you just expand out into the branch?
1: Um, so there's been a few different ways. Um, the Krivitz deal, we just killed it. It was just, it just became our location. So we basically gotcha. put that business to sleep the previous generation of business. Um, it's kind of the same thing in Dubai actually, like the Wausau, um, it, it just went away and became a lakeside store. Okay. Um, the the main purchase here was a, um, we purchased the corporation as a whole, it was a stock purchase. Mm. Um, so nothing changed. The business name didn't change. The legal entity name didn't change. It just, new ownership structure. Gotcha. Um, so that, that needed some lawyer. This one was the big one. Picking up these satellite stuff, there was uh, less. Because you weren't keeping anything. We were buying some equipment, buying some inventory, um, and just basically killing the entity. The gotcha. hardest part, in all honesty, has been getting their Facebook pages mm. and their Google uh, profiles yeah. to be our Google page. Uh, gotcha, Google, yeah. Um, all that stuff. That's been a nightmare. And Facebook is not easy to work with. We have a we're paying a social media guy Are you? To, to work with our company every month. He, he responds to Google. Um, Google reviews, which are uh, very helpful, but he he handles our social media stuff and posts and whatnot. And so he's been working behind the scenes on trying to take ownership of these other companies' Facebook pages because I don't want to lose their thousand likes. I I, don't, I want that because yeah. I want I don't want to have to start over. Um, but it's it's harder than it seems. It's yeah, harder than I would have dreamt Right. We have to get the get that switched over. It's like, no, totally. It's yeah, tough. it's a ton of work. Yeah, it is.
0: I mean, I've created a couple with my businesses yeah. and I can imagine like changing it over cuz they give you a hassle sometimes oh, on, like a major changing hassle. an there's address there's not to talk to
1: anybody so it's all by email and you're trying to explain what you're doing and you're trying to prove that <laughs> it is your business and you know the guy who set up that Facebook page doesn't work there anymore so nobody knows like the admin password <laughs> right. it's a, it's a nightmare yeah um it's honestly been the biggest hurdle to this really whole that's thing crazy is right is the social media switchover. Huh. And then one of the companies did boat rentals, and they had some bad reviews. We don't do boat rentals, no. so now I'm trying to get rid of boat so rental fun. reviews um, that were dragging down their, you know, their their overall reviews. rating. Yeah. yeah, and it's like so it's just been a nightmare.
0: So does this guy own like a is it like a social media marketing agency? Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I got one last question. Um, yeah. What advice would you have for like a young or new entrepreneur, such as like myself, where yeah. I'm like 22 years old, just got into business, and yeah. Looking to expand eventually. Dream big. Yeah. I
1: don't, like, honestly, I mean, I, I wouldn't have dreamt that this deal would have happened. I was just, just don't be afraid to dream, I guess. Mm-hmm. And if there's something you want, just figure out a way to get it. It's it, There are so many ways. And if you have the right situation, and again, the right seller if you wanted to buy a business, you find the right opportunity. There, there, there are a million different ways to structure a deal that that makes sense. Maybe it's a sweat equity deal, maybe you come on board for a year or two, prove to them that you're worthy, um, get to know them, get to know the business, and then kind of dive in. Um, this one was unique in that I had already worked here. Yeah. I've been in the industry for 20 years, so I didn't need to learn about the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to just go after whatever you want. I mean, it sounds cheesy and right, everything but else, but it, it is literally just do it. So
0: very interesting. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for having this me. This was fun. Appreciate it. Good to see you. And yeah. You too. Thanks for doing it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. I'll
0: click the pause button. That was fun. That was fun.